I speak to you this morning in the name of our living God, blessed Trinity, lover of all souls. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We were standing on sacred ground. Beautiful flower arrangements surrounded us. Candles twinkled, lighting a pathway in front of us. There was a silence, a silence that is hard to describe. It was like entering into an empty cathedral whose stone blocks out all of the outdoor noise and whose doors bring you into a new world. We were standing on sacred ground. You could feel the prayers that had been offered in the space. You could see the pain, the struggle, and the tears that had fallen to the ground below your feet. It was a familiar space, one that I had stood on before, but yet one that continues to bring me to stillness every time. We were standing on sacred ground. You could smell the coffee brewing and growing in strength. And then a voice in the distance saying, hey, Revs, would you like a cup of coffee? Soon followed behind the smell. And then my friend Devin and I turned around. We saw there standing a man holding two cups of coffee in his hands, climbing over the snowbanks to reach us. My name is Charles, he said. My family and I just opened up a coffee shop across the street. We want to provide people the energy and strength to provide hope and love to the world one cup at a time. Well, thank you, Devin said, as we both had thirst for such a coffee. Welcome to George Floyd Square, Charles responded. Are you both pastors here? Devin let Charles know that she serves as a priest in Minneapolis, and I followed up letting him know that I was visiting from New Jersey, where I serve as a priest in Westfield. It is a good time to be a Christian, Charles responded back. He then went on to share that he belonged to one of the local Baptist churches. Have you ever seen a memorial like this before, Charles asked me. I nodded my head. Unfortunately, I have prayed at other sacred grounds such as this, I responded. Pulse nightclub in Orlando, where a friend of mine went to dance. Chardon High School in Ohio, just a few blocks away from my childhood home, where the graduating class behind me experienced a nightmare they will never forget. And the Cadell neighborhood, where my last church in Cleveland was, where Tamir Rice went to play and never returned, just to name a few. Each one is unique, but they're all sacred ground. We have to do something, Devin said. That's why I'm a Christian, Charles responded. I see our faith as one that teaches that we have to do more than pray and worship in our buildings. I see our faith as one that calls us to enter into every space and time of struggle and pain and to give of our time and energy to bring a voice of change, of hope, of justice and love. That's who our God is. And man, he said, there are so many places of struggle 
and pain and suffering right now. So what a time to be a person of faith. There was a moment of stillness and a feeling of peace and encouragement that took over my body as I heard Charles speak about his faith. But meanwhile, in the distance, we began to hear shouting. What's that, I asked. More suffering and struggles, Charles responded. Our teachers went on strike today, he said. So they're doing God's work and using their feet and voices to call for justice. My heart began to feel even heavier. Do you think we can pray, I asked. Devin chimed in. I was just thinking that. We need it, she said. Charles joined in and said, I know you're both pastors, but is it okay if I lead? I would love it, I responded. And on Chicago Avenue on George Floyd Square, the three of us held hands and Charles began to sing, we shall overcome, we shall overcome, we shall overcome someday. Deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome someday. We were standing on sacred ground, and it wasn't just the coffee that engaged us, that energized us that day. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through we have obtained access to this grace in which we boast in our hope, we boast in our sufferings, or as other translations say, we rejoice in our hope, we rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that our God's love gives us the endurance to travel through it all. St. Paul's, that is good news. In today's epistle, Paul gives assurance to the Romans that God's promise to bring peace, to bring love, to bring healing, to bring justice to this world is fulfilled in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul explains to the church in Rome, Paul explains to the church here in Westfield, New Jersey, that God's promise to bring peace to the world is here right now through the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul explains to us that God is alive among us, that God continues to dwell with us, that peace is made possible through our ministry, that peace is made possible through our work. St. Paul's living in a broken, troubled, and suffering world is not new to the gospel story. I think we can all share in stories of a broken, troubled, and suffering world. Can I get an amen to that? Our God was born in a manger in a time of political conflict in the world. Our God walked among us proclaiming a message of love in a world that refused to hear it, a world that refused to receive it, a world that refused to live it. Our God's spirit continues to travel with us in the world we find ourselves in today, a world where lives of children are lost in their place of learning and play, a world where thoughts and prayers fail to leave the walls of our religious institutions 
to become actions, policies, and a faith lived out loud. Our God continues to travel with us in a suffering and troubled world, a world where rights are at risk of being lost, where voices on the margins are continued to be overshadowed by the majority, a world where divisions grows, a world where seeing and honoring the value in another is being lost, a world where the songs and cries of hopes and dreams are being silenced, and yet we gather on this day, our God and our scripture lessons, our God through the voice of the barista in Minneapolis reminds us that living in a world of suffering and pain and struggle is a world where our God is still very much present. We're living in a world of suffering and pain and struggle is where disciples of our God, where we are called to do that loving, liberating, and life giving work, the work that says we shall overcome someday, the work that says we shall not be afraid today, the work that says we shall walk hand in hand today, because deep in our hearts, deep in our hearts, we do believe. On this Trinity Sunday, it is easy to get lost in wanting to understand and unpack how three can be one. It is easy to argue about creeds, about language, about church theologies and doctrine, creating even more of an us versus them climate. But if we really want to understand the power of Trinity Sunday, if we really want to understand our God, we must begin with understanding the relationship that our God has with us. That is what is revealed to us in scripture today. We have a God who is not distant, who is here with us through our joys, our sorrows, our brokenness and struggles. We have a God who created us in love to be love, a God who walked among us to show what a human life can do if they truly believe that this world can change, and a God who promises and who continues to dwell in every fiber of our being to guide our feet, to empower, to encourage us to live a life where we strive to change this world. On this Trinity Sunday, on this Sunday following where we celebrated the birthday of the church, the Spirit of God being among us, Pentecost, we are being reminded that we are to go and share that spirit, to do the relational work that our relational God has called us to do, to be God's hands, eyes, feet, and words of peace in this world. On this Trinity Sunday, we are reminded that the Trinity calls us to step beyond our individual selves. It calls us to step beyond a faith that is solely about us but it calls us to be a loving, liberating, and life-giving community. Our faith calls us to be a community. Our faith calls us to be the body of Christ. St. Paul's, we are standing on sacred ground. Right here in this building, on the sidewalks that surround us, and the yards that go beyond our vision, change is needed. Sorrows are occurring. Fear is alive. 
So my friends, what a perfect time to be a Christian. St. Paul's, are you still with me? Nine o'clockers, are you still with me this morning? You have shown me what our Trinitarian, our relational God looks like. For this past year, you have welcomed me. You have welcomed the strangers into this space, have broken bread with them. You have shared and fellowship with them, either in Hammersley Hall or Punch on the Porch or in uh, Cookies with Santa or having Popskis during Lent. You have lifted up concerns that have arisen in the world around you, your very own neighborhoods and households, and have brought these concerns to prayer and question how to turn the prayers into actions. You have sung. St. Paul's, you have proclaimed the good news through our music. You have preached. You have mentored. You have served faithfully as acolytes, Eucharistic ministers as lectors, providing all who walk into this space that cup that energizes our soul to do that holy work in the world. You have returned from primarily worshiping and gathering remotely to coming together as a community, taking it a moment at a time to keep one another safe during these times of uncertainty. You have cared for our children and youth, our school, making sure that they remain a part of your vision, a part of this body of Christ. And speaking of vision, St. Paul's, you have kept dreaming, and you inspire me to do the same. You have uncovered your smiles and mastered sharing them with your eyes during that time where our masks served as symbols of God's love among us. You have prayed for one another. You have challenged one another. You have supported one another, including me. For that, today, I say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a glimpse of who our God is. It's a good time to be a Christian. As we prepare to go our separate ways, as I prepare to relocate to Philadelphia in the next couple of weeks and enter into a new faith community in Drexel Hill and begin a new chapter in my life with Joseph by my side as my life partner, my prayer for you is that you continue to answer the call that God has bestowed upon you the call that we are reminded of today to live a life that will make you uncomfortable, that will challenge the way we all live, move, and have our being in this world, a life where in all that you do, you share the radical message of our God, a message that turns our world upside down and converts our struggles into opportunities. My prayer for you this day is that you never feel that you are walking this journey alone, that you never forget me, and that I may never forget you, that you may feel the presence of your fellow disciples walking with you hands in hands, that you remember that God's Spirit keeps us bound 
to one another. My prayer for you is that you believe deep in your heart that you are loved and that we shall overcome someday. So my friends, as that good old Franciscan blessing says, may God bless you with a restless discomfort about easy answers, half-truths and superficial relationships, so that you may seek truth boldly and love deep within your hearts. May God bless you with holy anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people, so that you may tirelessly work for justice, freedom, and peace among all people. May God bless you with the gift of tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, or the loss of all that they cherish, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and transform their pain into joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you really can make a difference in this world, so that you are able, with God's grace, to do what others claim cannot be done. I love you, St. Paul's. God loves you. Now let's go and change the world. Amen.